This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to The Great Indoors. The podcast which reveals everything you ever needed to know about interiors and explains how to make it all really work for you in your home. I'm Sophie Robinson. And I'm Kate Watson-Smythe. And we'd just like to say a huge thank you to John Lewis and Partners for sponsoring this podcast. It's getting to that time when we're starting to make plans for Christmas. And John Lewis have a fabulous range of luxury Art Deco inspired bar carts. Now, Kate, I know you do love a bar cart. Well, I do love a Christmas tipple anyway. Sorry, I mean storage. (laughs) Storage. And this is the perfect place to store all your barware and drinks. It's a great piece to have at your next dinner party. Ooh, is that an invitation? Well, possibly, if you play your cards right. (laughs) Now, today's show, bit of an unusual one, as we aren't talking to a guest... And neither are we recording at my house in the country or Kate's house in town. Instead, we're in my little Brighton holiday let. So one of the topics will be decorating a small space because, well, as you've already realised, this space is really tiny. It's quite bijou, I will give you that. (laughs) So we're also going to talk Christmas trends because, yes, cometh the hour. And we'll be pondering why interiors are so inspired by nature. But first, are you going to let me have a look around this micro spot and talk us through the design? Right, so here we are in your little holiday lack kitchen. Actually, it might be the sitting room. I think it might be the dining room. It's... It's a one-up, one-down. It's an open plan. One-up, one-down. No, we've got three floors here. As you know, this is a tiny terrace down a little Twitten. And yeah, the floor plan is... It's about 10 foot square, 12 foot square. It is quite tiny, but never mind the size. It's what you do with it. And also where it is. So obviously this is um, a holiday let for people who are coming to enjoy the best of Brighton. You're right in the centre of the city, really close to the seafront. So my argument is you're not really going to use that kitchen for cooking. Maybe just like making some breakfast because you've literally got all the best restaurants right on the doorstep. We're not going to have an argument about what we're doing in it. We are potentially going to have an argument about the colour of the walls. What do you think? (laughs) SophieRobinsonInteriors.co.uk I still haven't got my website right. (laughs) Whoever you are, I found this woman in the street and I just thought I'd make a podcast with her. I've got as far as her name is Sophie. Who knows what her website is? 
Please. <laughs> anyway, never mind that. Stop wriggling off the hook. <laughs> These walls, yes. this woodwork, yes. those stairs that I can just see peeking around the corner, it's all black. It is. Now, there are a few pink and white butterflies zipping around on the wallpaper, <laughs> but this, if I hadn't known that you were here... You wouldn't I, think I designed this space? Well, I think you're in the, I was in the wrong place. Oh, interesting. Well, we designed this uh, 10 years ago. This was before we were married. For anyone who doesn't know, my husband's a builder. He bought this as a renov- it was a massive renovation project. And we kind of worked on it together. It was our first project we worked on together. And that's when we knew we were a match made in heaven. <laughs> oh, is that nice? So what did he think about the black so, wallpaper well, and the pink yeah, butterflies? I, mean, I suppose 10 years ago, doing this all dark scheme felt very subversive and very daring. I've, I mean, I must admit, I'm quite tired of it now. This is really up for a redecoration. It's got a come... white ceiling. I know. But you could just leave it and paint the ceiling pink. I No, black. no, I'm up, for, I'm up for a change. But the thought process behind design designing it dark was as you've already said it's a small space it doesn't get loads of natural light because it's in a twit and alleyway so mm. there's not lots of light pouring in so I think if you've got a space that's small lacks light don't paint it white it'll just look gray and depressing paint it dark makes the space feel more dramatic and also another tip in here is because it's quite a small open plan space I've painted the kitchen black and the tiles black to match them with the black wallpaper so the kitchen kind of disappears rather than pops out at you in a contrasting colour. Absolutely, that's a good idea. Although, obviously, there is a bit of Sophie in the sofas, which are bright green and pink. So 10 years ago, (laughs) that was very far-sighted of you because that's the The colour combination at the moment, pink and green. Yeah, Yeah. I might bring more pink and green in here, I'm thinking. I'm thinking of like a dark, replace the black for dark green. Yeah, that would be lovely. And I'm thinking like a really lovely neon sign, like pink neon sign popping off the walls. Oh, you've gone quiet. What's wrong with that? I'm a bit over well, I just thought, well, this is called the birdcage, and I quite fancied having that in pink oh, lettering. Cool. Oh, it's typography, isn't it? I'm never going to get that past you. What am I even think? I'm <laughs> that casual fault. Wasn't that, that the birdcage? That's a whole different thing. <laughs> um, anyhow, is there room for... And also, actually, we have to say, small space living, I have only just noticed that there's a television on the wall. You've only just noticed because it's camouflage, isn't yes, it? Yes, so that does yes. work. It is actually a really sweet space. Oh, I'm glad I it's like got it. the I'm a Watson bit, Smythe tick. I'm a bit frightened of those stairs, which look about two foot wide. I might have to go on a diet before I can get upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, in 1565, people were a lot smaller, but come and on. And clearly thinner. Right. <laughs> Lead the way. Ooh, that is steep. Imagine it after a few cocktails. I don't. <laughs> I've only had a cup of coffee and I'm feeling quite nervous. So here we have okay. the master bedroom. Not a bad size, this, for a it's little double bedroom. It's not bad. And then we've got custom-made shutters, so you can, like, lock out the light for those hangovers in the morning. In a very pretty sort of duck egg blue colour. Yeah, but I'm kind of up for this having a rethink as well. I'm well thinking, the wallpaper's quite shiny. Well, the wallpaper, this is an Osborne and Little flocked sort of birdcage effect type. Oh, is that wallpaper. what you were going for? Yeah, and actually for 10 years, look how... Yeah, how no, well it's, it stood up. It's really, it's really, stood, really good, doesn't it? But yeah, I'm, I've got a neon, a neo mint moment. I think about to happen in here. Oh, you should have said I'd have brought my shirt, <laughs> and then I would have matched. <laughs> yeah, I just think the whole, the whole thing needs a refresh, and I want to bring in more fashionable colours. Oh, you're going to love the bathroom. I worry, I'm not. Oh God! <laughs> Stop. It's yellow. Canary yellow. I'm not good at yellow. <laughs> no, you don't like yellow. I do don't you? like yellow. So this um, is a double wet room. So um, because the bathroom, again, is quite small, when we bought it, it had a bath with an over shower on top of the bath. And I thought, well, for girls coming down for a weekend getaway, they're not going to be having long soaks. It's going to be quick yeah. shower, going out. So we've actually created a twin shower wet room. 
Um, canary yellow brick tiles and then this kind of mirrored chinoiserie wallpaper feels very exotic, I like to think. <laughs> it's very birdcage. I actually really like this wallpaper because it's got a really full-on pattern, but because it's all silver, you are, you almost don't see it. And also it's shiny, so I'm guessing it bounces the light yeah. around, sort of makes it feel a bit bigger, and then black woodwork. And again, for anyone who thinks you can't wallpaper a bathroom, this is a small twin shower wet room, and this wallpaper's been up for 10 years and it's never lifted. It does have a window. Does that window open? So yeah. there is ventilation. Oh, there is. There's actually a, quite a powerful extractor fan. So that's my tip with, if you are using wallpaper in a bathroom, stick it down really well the foil paper as well obviously gives it extra kind of durability if you like it's tough paper that isn't it yeah Yeah. and um and then like a yeah really good extractor fan to get that moisture out and then there's no reason why you can't wall I love wallpapering bathrooms and again I think you know small bathroom could feel really underwhelming but going really hard on color really bold on pattern I think makes a small space feel grand and fabulous no I love it I would love it more if it wasn't yellow. But <laughs> silver and black and A another colour. Yes. I'm in. Right, now I'm frightened to leave this room because I think I might story. fall down the stairs. I'm just going to edge. I'm breathing in. There'll be a short interlude while I can't talk and breathe. Oh, I know this wallpaper. This is the, is it Cole and Son pear tree, which I think they've just reissued. It's, it's not, the pear tree was a newer one. This was from their original contemporary range. So it's, it's just the called trees. Woods. Woods, yes, isn't it? But it's in metallic oh, yeah. and there are beams. So I like the way that the tree trunks are sitting between the beams. Oh no, I've hit the wall, literally. <laughs> Hang on. Is there a light? Do we have lights? Do you have electricity? <laughs> oh, oh, right, better. So I'm going, oh my God, these stairs. Um, and the pink wall. Right. Oh, hello. Oh, I like this. Oh, this is really... Now, this is more up my strasser. This little tiny twin bedroom with a black and white striped ceiling. Gosh, you virtually match in here. It matches the top you're wearing. So, yeah, this is a, a small attic bedroom. And again, just in small spaces, playing visual tricks. So I got this broad black and white candy sort of circus stripe wallpaper but taking it all the way up the wall and across the ceiling too love that and then this is actually is this the same wallpaper as the bathroom but not metallic well spotted yeah it's an anna french print again another sort of bird song chinoiserie style wallpaper but just in the monochrome also in black and white no i like this room if i wasn't terrified of the stairs i'd stay in here so what's that door there look another tiny tiny bedroom you're kidding me you've got three bedrooms in here (laughs) Oh, there's a secret step. Hang on. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I won't fit. Oh, no, I like this. Now, so, this is where I see Sophie, finally. Oh. So there's a sort of, one wall has been kind of panelled, but each panel has been wrapped in remnants of material, I'm guessing. Yeah, so... So because, we'll, we'll have to take pictures of this because that's actually a really clever idea for a headboard or even for a full wall. Yeah, I think if you've got a small bedroom, this is like a cabin bedroom, isn't it? It's got two single beds in it. But rather than have one measly headboard, we've just like upholstered the whole wall. And yeah. you're right, I raided my fabric store of all the remnants I've been collecting and created this kind of Tetris jigsaw puzzle of different squares of fabric. So almost even odd bits of wood to put over that I can't reach to touch it. Is it foam or is it yeah, wood? it's all foam. Oh, so it's foam. So just odd shapes of foam covered in odd shapes of material yeah, I mean, stuck to the wall. How you have just, you stuck them to the wall? You just make a template of the wall and then with your sheet of MDF, score out different shapes. Then gave the shapes to the foam cutting shop. They cut the foam to fit the shapes and then literally staple gun. I just did it myself. Staple, staple gun and gun, fabric. Yeah. And then I'd have to ask the builder husband how he stuck them to the wall. I've no idea. Something clever. Screwed them probably. Oh, and look at these fantastic flock 
neon pink hangers <laughs> against your navy blue wall. Is that a style statement? Yeah, well, you know me. I just love clashing those colours. And I think this little bedroom is where I've really, really gone for it. I mean, I won't be redecorating this. Ten years later, I still love it. So the walls are quite a rich, it's Thai sapphire by Little Green. It's a very purpley, deep navy blue colour. And I've popped the neon pink against it as well with the with the cushions and the throws and the hangers. Um, one little tip, actually, about small bedrooms or guest bedrooms is I've got no chest of drawers or wall Well, drobes. there's no room, is there? I mean, this is two beds and a little table between them for the lamp. But even, like... Even if you've just got like quite a small guest room at home, I think don't clog it up with furniture. Just a row of hooks and some stylish coat hangers on the wall. Because if you've got guests coming for a weekend, they don't necessarily need to completely unpack. It's just hanging your dress and your shirt up and then use your suitcase for the rest of your stuff. So well, it just helps also, save space. Also, I've noticed as I'm standing here um, that the beds are on little legs so you could there's room to slide a suitcase under the bed so that's actually quite good if you are only coming for the weekend you can hang stuff up on the few hangers and slide the suitcase so you're not going to fall over it yeah exactly don't have like divan bases in small bedrooms keep everything up on legs yeah yeah are you going to come and stay going to bring the mad husband i might have to sleep on the sofa (laughs) because i'm frightened of the stairs Right, so now I'm in the space where I can breathe again. Of course, I've got to go back up now and take some pictures, haven't I? Because I want to put pictures on the blog so people can see what we're talking about, but might just need a little moment. (laughs) Yeah, I think pictures of the redesign as well. By the time you listeners listen to this episode, the redesign will be well on its way. So see the befores and the afters on the blog, sophierobinson.co.uk. And you can book as well. Book, come and stay. Have a weekend of Brighton. on your blog. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Flat shoes, people. Flat shoes. (laughs) So it's time for The Great Indoors to talk about Christmas. Now, I know that in my opinion, maybe your opinion too, Kate, everyone, well, the shops start talking about this way too early. Like, seriously, October, leave it alone. But I'm kind of ready. Here we are, middle of November. (laughs) I'm getting excited. I'm ready to start thinking about how I'm going to decorate the house. I might even have to start thinking about Christmas buying. I mean, some people do that in advance, don't they? But I only just start thinking about it now. Because for me, it's all that gorgeous anticipation and getting the house looking fabulous and feeling twinkly. I sort of go into denial about it. I I have to. (laughs) (laughs) You say bar humbug. But I did look up, of course I did, couldn't find any actual stats, but I did look up that the Romans used fir trees to decorate their temples for the festival of Saturnalia. Oh, what? So you, you're actually going into the research of why are we even doing this anyway? Yeah, exactly. Oh, OK. So I was just really interested. So obviously it was a pagan ritual. People would bring fir branches inside the house to remind them that spring would come and the greenery would come back. Oh, and I love that idea. That's and then nice. Saturnalia, the feast of festival. That's a new. I like the, I I like the sound festival. of a festival. Festival of Saturn, which is actually the seventeenth to the twenty third of December, and the first documented use of a Christmas tree inside at Christmas and New Year is there's a row apparently. It was in a place called Livonia, yeah. which is now Estonia and Latvia. And they're having a row about, about who, who did it first. first. And why yes. did they do it then? Why are they bringing trees inside? I think in, it was all that spring Estonia thing and, and that, that tradition. Yeah. Oh, and it definitely started in Eastern Europe. And then, of course, it came 
to the UK in the 1830s because they'd done it a lot in Germany, having trees inside with candles on. And Queen Victoria, of course, married Prince Albert, who was German. So he He brought brought a tree over and there was a picture in a magazine, the name of which I haven't written down. And that's when it started to become popularised. So it's an ancient tradition, old tradition. And I think actually Charles Dickens popularised the idea of the tree and the snow and all the sort of presents. And the Christmas pudding, that's very Victorian too, isn't it? Yes, so it's a sort of Victorian, it's kind of pagan, but also Victorian. Oh, I just absolutely love that idea that it's a reminder that spring is around the corner. It never comes quickly enough, quite (laughs) frankly, from December to kind of... March, well, and April. also, for me, that's the miserable bit. I actually quite like the run-up to Christmas yes. because you've got that, you know, whether you're very excited about Christmas or that festival or even just the holidays, somehow that build-up to the end of the year feels exciting because you can light fires and you have mm. the tree, you've and got you an to excuse to put fairy lights, all the food. Mm. And then in January, you know, yeah. the tree's gone. It's all just a bit miserable till March. Yeah. But we need another... We need another celebration. I think we, we need another reason to bring some greenery in through January and February, yeah. maybe. Well, let, let's, let's, set, let's tree. set a trend. There let's, we go. We'll, we'll be we'll back work to on that. On that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to have to talk about decorations because you're going to want to talk about the T word, aren't you? What? Tinsel. Yeah, or, I'm bringing it back. I'm bringing it back. It. I'm bringing tinsel back. I'm making it cool again. <laughs> For me, I mean, Christmas is all about nostalgia and... Tinsel was just some, I mean, you know, I'm a 1980s kid. There was a lot of tinsel about in my childhood. And I just, yeah, I love it. And it's big and blousy and everything I love about interior design. It's statement, it's unabashed. I think it's great. It's a little bit bad taste. I like that too. <laughs> so also, I've had a look at tinsel. Oh gosh, you have had your Well, I've been the, busy. I've been busy. In the encyclopedia of Christmas. Yeah, exactly. And tinsel was first found in Nuremberg in Germany in 1610. But wait for this. This is my kind of tinsel. It was made from thin strips of beaten silver. Wow. I know. Lovely. You'd think it'd be quite heavy on the tree. (laughs) (laughs) I could go for that as tinsel. I'm not big on tinsel. I have a string of sort of gold beads. Oh, do you have any tasteful, darling? Well, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, some strips of beaten silver, I could go with that. You could go with that. Can you imagine everybody who came round would just nick a little strip and fashion it into a bracelet? Get your aluminium foil out, Kate Watson Smythe. (laughs) I love that. But then I read another story. All these folk stories about trees and things seem to come from Eastern Europe. And there's a folk tale about how there was a family who were too poor to afford Christmas decorations and they went to bed with their bear tree and so on and so forth. And a spider came into the house and wove cobwebs all oh, over that's the tree. So romantic, isn't and when it? they woke up in the morning, the cobwebs had all been turned into silver. And that's <gasps> like a folk story. story. And so they started Tinsel came as a sort of copying of that silver oh, spider's spider web, web which thing. I sort of like that more than the strips of beaten silver. But they're both, it's both yes. good stories, isn't it? Oh, right. So tinsel coming to the Watson Smythe's house this Christmas. Well, I Can't don't know about that. wait to see that. However, <laughs> however, I have discovered in the course of my tireless research, which I do for this show, <laughs> that our sponsor, John Lewis, said that last year... In December, obviously too soon for figures this year, sales of tinsel were up by 11%. Come on, people, you know back. you want to. Oh, <laughs> brilliant. I'm hoping that I can get hold of like an iridescent rainbow tinsel. How fab would that be? Oh, gosh. I can't even comment The blood on has run from her but face. it has to be said that Christmas kind of, talking of our sponsor, it has to be said that Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without the John Lewis ad, would oh, it? It's like an I event every year. John Lewis ad. And last year they had Elton John. 
Now, we tried to get Elton John for this podcast. Wasn't Unfortunately, he sadly wasn't available. <laughs> but Sophie did manage to track down John Lewis's Mr. Christmas. Yeah, Mr. Christmas, there is such a thing. John Lewis has it. It's Dan Cooper, actually, is his real name. But his full-time job... 12 months of the year is working on the Christmas collection and the Christmas campaign for John Lewis and this is what he had to say. The big themes for this year are Sanctuary, which is our theme, which is all based around sort of lovely blush, very on-trend pink tones. On-trend, um, but not Christmassy traditional trend. Though. Not traditional, where's but actually... Where's your Sanctuary tree? It's just here. Just walk oh, no, that Ooh. is pretty, that is isn't pretty. it? So it looks, it's a sort of white tree that looks as if it's got frosting. Yeah, it's got a little bit of flocking it. on it to, look, to yes. look like it's been lightly dusted with snow. I think the whole uh, traditional thing with Christmas sort of went out of the window quite a while ago. It's sort of much more anything goes than it was. Well, the, the traditional being the red, ago. the green, the tartan ribbon. Yeah, I mean, there's still sort of devotees of that, but really people are looking to make their trees quite individual nowadays. And actually, the more unusual, the more sort of talkable the decorations are, uh, the more appealing they seem to be. So we tend to sell the wackiest things first because people are really out there looking for a decoration that their friends are going to sort of go ooh and ah about. Well, like a talking point. Oh, God, what's, your, wack- what's your wackiest? Well, the first uh, decoration that we started selling really well was a backpack, of all things, <laughs> like a little glass backpack. But, you know, people are buying decorations as tokens for friends. And, like, someone will say, well, my friend likes hiking, so that wouldn't that be amusing if they had a backpack oh, wow. on their, their tree? And that's what we're seeing more and more, people buying these sort of quirky, personality-driven well, decorations. Well, my brother does a really... Lo- my brother is the king of Christmas in our family, and he buys the most awesome presents and then he wraps them like he's a wizard he's brilliant but he always always ties a bauble on each individual mm. present and he does that thing he chooses us a bauble that he thinks goes with that person so it's baubles are not just for trees they can be They're for not just for trees. that's a beautiful idea but also when are people are coming into shop are you noticing there is a bit of sort of competition then are people out to impress the neighbors or outdo their friends with their decorations I think the thing that's come around more is people are far more aware of the interior that the tree's going into than they ever were before. So the tree used to be a completely standalone thing. So it didn't matter what you sort of chucked on it. You know, however your room was decorated, the tree didn't really relate. And that started changing three or four years ago when we saw people starting to buy more blue-toned trees, for example, the foliage with with a... bluer tone that's because I think people are very much thinking their interiors are painted in sort of muted tones grayed off tones and actually a bright emerald emerald green tree doesn't look that nice against those sort of colors so (coughs) I think that's so interesting maybe that maybe I feel more relaxed about having a tree now Do you so, not have a tree? No, we do have a tree, but a it's twig, always been a, got a twig. No, I have a tree, a real tree. <laughs> but I've always felt that, you know, it's a sort of alien form that appears in mm. the middle of your sitting room. Yeah, for for a few weeks of the year. I quite like the fact it looks a bit out of place. Of course you do. Can you settle um, a little uh, great indoors um, podcast argument that Kate and I are currently having? Tinsel. Oh, fabulous or design crime? What do you think? Um, Fabulous. Yeah, I would say. Of course, he would say that. No, I would. I wouldn't always have said that. But there's some great things about tinsel. All of our tinsel is made in Wales. Tell me three great things about tinsel. Made in Wales. Oh, so it doesn't have to come very far. Yeah, and if the second thing. Can be then it arrives in mint condition. So obviously, if you ship 
tinsel halfway around the world. It, it gets, gets all crushed. squashed. Nobody wants a squash bit of tinsel. You want bushy tinsel. So, and also we've completely reinvented it. So the old sort of thin, slightly straggly bits yeah. of tinsel are gone. So all of our tinsel is quite bushy. We've got ombre effects. We've got interesting Ooh. cut effects. That can get you on board. So yeah. I think well, you've kind of got to forget about tinsel of old and the sort of scrappy stuff you see so what is your colour tinsel for this season then what's going on Mr Christmas is Christmas tree well the best one is always the iridescent tinsel it's got a sort of oh that's the second best seller is the multicoloured rainbow Um, the best seller has got sort of like iridescent bubbles so it's kind of whitey Okay, so there's still people who want to do neutrals even on their tree. That's still that's still yeah. a thing. Moving on from sanctuary, I've seen a tree over there, um, which appears to have a giant squirrel Let's climbing up it. What's it that does. about? So um, that's our campfire Christmas tree, and that tree is inspired by the great outdoors. So anything you do outside, whether it's foraging, walking, that's what this theme is about. And fishing, of course, which I always forget is the uh, nation's favourite hobby, apparently. So, um, so everything on this tree is inspired by the outdoors. So we've got some lovely awesome leaf sprays. We've got some mushrooms and then we've got yeah this fantastic squirrel it's a good 30 centimeters tall this squirrel yes. it's it's kind of like a teddy bear squirrel yeah. Yeah. but what i love is it's it's creating quite a strong statement on this tree mm. and i think that's where things have changed a lot because it used to be when you dressed your christmas tree it was for the appreciation of your family and maybe to show off a bit to the neighbors if you had it in your front window but of course now everyone shares their christmas tree on instagram and actually it's a really hard thing to take a good picture of a Christmas tree. You've got all the lighting in the wrong place. You've got light coming from inside the tree. So uh, one of the things we're encouraging customers to do is use some larger pieces in the tree, not just because they're fun, but also it gives you a real focal point if you're trying to take a great picture of your tree and put it on Instagram. You've got something to focus the lens on. But what you're saying is get a few giant baubles or giant squirrels. Yeah. It could be. He's thought about this, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. Do you think it was his job or something? He thinks about nothing else. Fantastic. And finally, before we let you go, Dan, because we've been absolutely awesome, we are hotly anticipating the John Lewis Christmas ad. When's it coming out? Well, I'm told it's going to be out on the 14th. Who's in it? Ah, well, that would be more than my job's worth, unfortunately. <laughs> what if I'm going to poke him with a giant you. squirrel and then he <laughs> There's lots of sharp, pointy things in this department. Which All is right, scary. so we should have that answer for you shortly, listeners. <laughs> So now, Sophie, I want to talk about this sort of interiors obsession mm-hmm. with the exterior, basically. Mm. Nature. Why are our interiors so inspired by nature? Now, we know green is the big story. We spoke about the Dulux colour of the year being green. But there's also more. Farrow and Ball have done a new paint collection inspired by the archives at the Natural History Museum. Made.com has done a collection of prints. They've been rifling through the drawers at the Natural History Museum. And we've also talked about biophilic design and the importance of that connection to nature, which has been... That's science. It's not just things we like. So what is it? Yeah, no, I think you're right. It's all coming together, isn't it? That, you know, William Morris is having a massive renaissance right now. You know, his prints are being rolled out, not just on wallpaper, 
and furnishings, but on all kinds of giftware and accessories and fashion as well. Well, fashion did a collaboration with him. Yeah. And also we mentioned that collaboration that H&M did with G... I can never say GP them. GP and J Baker. Them. Um, <laughs> But it's interesting because William Morris, obviously, arts and crafts. So yeah. was that the 19... 19- so that's sort of turn of the century, isn't it? That arts and crafts movement. And it's... What I'm kind of thinking is, so it's all like trend, 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 by filler, nature, being connected to nature. And, and obviously, as we've said, paint brands now working with the Natural History Museum. But I kind of just suddenly thought this has just been going on for ever, hasn't it? The way we want to connect to nature and bring natural motifs, be it the botanical prints, birds, butterflies, animals, flora and fauna, those motifs we've been using in interior design forever. And I just wanted to explore the concept of like, why? What is this deep connection um, to natural motifs? Well, it goes back, obviously I had to look this up. Oh gosh. Um, so the idea was that the Art Nouveau movement, which was very much about natural forms and structures, there's lots of curved plants and flowers, and it was meant to uplift and inspire I mean, it sort of seems obvious, doesn't it? But then that was replaced by Art Deco in the 20s, which was much more about the sort of technological advances. Yeah, they were kind of taking inspiration from kind of like steam liners and and automobiles. Yeah, yeah, so it's it's actually very, very different Mm. from the sort of curving, comfortable shapes of Art Nouveau. So unbelievably, William Morris's first ever wallpaper... It's a really famous design. It's called the trellis design. He designed it in 1865. Can you believe it? It's so amazing, isn't it, that we still so in love and enchanted to this day with his prints. But he was based at the Red House, which was his, you know, first family home that he built down um, here in the south of England. And it was looking out of his studio window at the flowers growing up the trellis in his garden that inspired that wallpaper design. So it's a very simple inspiration. It's almost looking at the English country garden. But we've had that sort of, I think almost it's called country house style, which is that sort of quintessential English style, yeah. isn't Copied it? Copied all over the world. Well, well actually popularised by an American, ah. um, Nancy Lancaster, who bought... Colfax and Fowler in the 1940s. Yeah. But it had been going since before then. And it is that very relaxed English style. So it's antique furniture. It's lots of layers of cushions. It's floral fabric lampshades, possibly with, you know, floral designs on them. And there's flowers. So a bit of chintz, Kate. Bit, bit of chintz, chintz going on. Flowers <laughs> in the fabric in the pictures hanging on the walls yeah. and also real flowers and right. obviously a couple of dogs mooching so it's flowers around. and flowers on it's flowers and flowers you might and even that... have a floral upholstered sofa i mean i'm in heaven exactly right now. and it's that that is your sort of classic english country house style um and you know it's a little bit english eccentric as well but it's having a real renaissance again yeah. isn't it like we're seeing really you know young cool millennials are taking on board. Well, this that Luke slight... Edward Hall is yeah, a classic yeah. example of you know taking that design and having and a bit ramping, of fun with ramping it, it up. Yeah, um, and it's interesting because it's actually much easier than minimalism because there are no rules. You know, it doesn't matter if you've got a pair of wellies next to your sofa. Right, you know, okay. it doesn't have to be tidy. 
doesn't have to be particularly clean, you know, but a dog hair's fine. <laughs> um, it all goes with the style. And interesting to see, this Nancy Lancaster, who was American, um, she took this idea of, you know, the floral classic design, but she added a bit of comfort to it, maybe because she was American. So she was all about carpet and heating. And obviously the classic English country house was freezing and yeah, drafty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She wasn't having that. Um, Stone floors and And she rugs. also said brilliantly, which I love, that there should be something a little bit ugly in every room. Oh. Which is a nice sort of contrast against, I suppose, all the pretty so it's flowers. it's not too good taste, something to kind of... Exactly. There's something to sort of disrupt forced. it a bit. And so we still have designers now, Ben Pentreath, Nikki Haslam, again, taking that sort of English country style and making it modern. And as you say, William Morris is back again. Yeah, so yeah. It obviously makes us feel happy. We yeah. know it feel, makes us feel happy to see nature. Oh, it's we interesting. Susie Hoodless, who's like a really cool London interior designer, she did an installation at Focus recently at London Design Festival for GP and J Baker. And there was um, kind of Persian rugs and heavily patterned wallpaper but then she hung really modern art like quite edgy graphic monochrome pictures against the heavily patterned wallpaper and that's one way I think that you can take these very old traditional country house prints and make it feel a bit edgy. But I, I also actually think you don't nowadays need to live in an English country house to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, because even looking around your flat here, you've got butterflies on the walls, you've got sofas, a sort of green and pink, there's birds on them there's and flowers. There's a bit of everywhere, isn't there? There's a bit there, of change. You know, it's a small space and it still works. And you can do it in a modern urban flat because you can have maybe just the walls in that kind of William Morris paper, but it, it sits very well with sort of modern Scandinavian furniture because mm-hmm. it provides a quite a nice contrast to the sort of busyness of the floral, you know, designs going on around it. So it like, is timeless. I like the way as well, though, that, you know, we're recording this podcast in the UK. So talking about British homes, I mean, I've got a house in the Sussex countryside and as I decorate that, I very much look to the landscape for inspiration. So I'm really enjoying using woodland prints and prints that have got British flora and fauna and it really connects my home to the environment that it's in. So I think sometimes it's really good to think about that too, think about where your house is. Yeah, absolutely. And celebrate the fact that you've got that's not to say you can't obviously enjoy a little bit of William Morris wherever you are in the world. Clearly, that's I think why it's... I had to write a book called Shades of Grey, because I live in the city. <laughs> but Shades we of have... time, I can concrete. Shades of pavement. Um, but we have also had, you know, over the last couple of years, what I think you wanted to call jungle chintz. Mm. So we've had... It's gone a bit more um, tropical, hasn't it? We, well, it's gone tropical, but the classic flowers are still alongside it. So we've had lots of sort of jungles and monkeys and monstera, and, big yeah. jungly, um, which is like a modern take on it. Mm. So that's going alongside, which again, that works wherever you are in the world because you can use that in that sort of British climate because it's a bit of warming up fantasy. It's a bit of escapism fantasy. as well, Yes, exactly. It? Yeah. But it works very well if you're in Australia or, or in LA yeah. to have yeah. those kind of slightly brighter jungly colours. Oh, yeah, I just think the more the merrier, bring it on. What I think is really interesting about the Farrow and Ball collaboration with the Natural History Museum is, first of all, the colours are quite bright and punchy for Farrow and Ball. They? Yeah. they really are. Um, but it's also the provenance of the colour, like where the paint colours have been drawn from. And it's from Werner's nomenclature of colour over two centuries ago. 
Now, I'm just going to read this out because they say it. In a pre-photographic age, it gives the world an official classification of colour in nature, allowing intrepid explorers to fully describe the ever-expanding world around them. Among these was Charles Darwin, for whom the book proved indispensable on the 1831-36 voyage of the HMS Beagle. So isn't that brilliant? So they've got 16 colours here. So for example... I can see a pink. You're pointing to a pink. Okay, this pink down here, it's called... So is that a flower? Yeah, that is a match to the red tulip rose officinalis. There okay. you go. There's a really uh, lovely deep blue here called scotch blue, which is the throat of a blue titmouse. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? What else have we got? But I suppose all colours come from nature, don't they, really? Every colour we have comes from what we see around us. Yeah, but these were actually like proper colour match. I just think that's 200 years ago, these explorers were colour matching it to nature yeah. and bringing them back. Verdigris green is the tail of a small, long-tailed green parrot. I mean, can you imagine the excitement of seeing these colours for the first time? And now we just take them for granted. Um, and being able to get them in paint. I mean, presumably these were, these were done to make biological references yeah. for things. They had no idea they could turn them into paint and they probably didn't have the technology to get that clarity of colour, yeah, which no, they now do. It's really exciting. And I think it's just a really pleasing palette of colour which shows nature knows best. But so my question to you, my question to you, Sophie Robinson, <laughs> Spotlight, is obviously all colours come from nature or the things we see around us. But do we then feel better if we are looking at pictures of birds and butterflies on our wallpaper? You know, what about geometric? Are we saying that that is not inspired by nature or not restful? So yeah, geometric's fascinating. Now, I'm already thinking of that really iconic hex wallpaper that Colin Sundan, designed by David Hicks, looks like bee's honeycomb. So, you know, oh, it, you're right, right you? yes. it all comes back to nature at the end of the day. And I just think it makes us feel good, as we know, with all the research that's coming out right now about biophilia and well-being, that connection to nature makes us feel good. So why not have it in your home? In some form or another, whether it's the colour or the motif or the style. Yeah, just bring a bit of the outside in. So just time to slip in a quick design crime. Our great indoors podcast Facebook page has been lit up by loads of discussion and ideas and also the odd design crime thrown into this one here from Natasha Stevenson. She says, can we please discuss mixing metals? For example, is it okay to have bronze taps but a silver towel radiator? I'd love bronze golds but my flat has silver fixtures everywhere wondering if it's an all or nothing scenario. Wouldn't like to style out some design crime, she says. <laughs> so Kate, what are your thoughts on mixing metals and specifically in a bathroom? Well, it's tricky, isn't it? Because I think for a while we haven't had the choices. You know, you could spend a chrome, lot of money on chrome. the tap. Well, <laughs> but then you could get brass taps, which cost a lot of money, but you couldn't get a loo flush to match. And so it became difficult. I think... It's six of one and half a dozen and the other. I think it depends what you're mixing. Are you sitting on the fence? I, mm, not quite. <laughs> uh, what I'm going to say is, I think you can put any metal with black and you can now get an increasing number of black taps yes, that's and a, black that's accessories. Really I think that looks street, great with polished nickel. It looks great with chrome and it's great with brass or bronze. Mm -hmm. So if in doubt maybe get some black to go with it because but I also think that's classic. Chrome and brass, no. Chrome, I'm going to say yeah. no. And also... 
Copper and brass, no. Oh, gosh, no. Copper oh, no. and black, yes. Copper and chrome, no. It's not great. I mean, the problem is as well... If you're talking in a small bathroom, you know I think that. it all has to match in a small bathroom, personally, because it's a small bathroom. I think mm. if you've got a bigger space like a kitchen, I think you could get away with a brass kitchen tap but have like a stainless steel oven, for example. I think well, sometimes I think you can get sometimes away with you're that. stuck though, aren't you? Because you the oven is where it all falls apart. If or you... sometimes I see kitchens that have got brass cup handles, but then they've got a stainless steel sink and tap. Sometimes you can get away with that. So I think there's a little bit more fluidity in a kitchen because it's a bigger space. But in small bathrooms, I think you've got to keep a tight rail on it just to make it feel homogenous. I have to say, if I was doing, if I was starting again in my house, I probably would want all the same in one room. Mm-hmm. If I was starting again in an ideal, that said... I'm of not going to start again, but I appreciate that it's difficult. So I think sometimes you may not have the choice or you may not be able to get hold of everything matching. And also, how far do you take it? Are you going down to your window handles? You know, we've got sash windows. Light switches. Light switches, plug, plug sockets. sockets. It's a slightly never-ending thing. So I think in a way, you, it's very difficult to have all matching, in which case, try and choose colours that go. So if in doubt, offset a metal with black. I hope that was helpful, Natasha Stevenson. I think she's probably more confused than she was when she started. <laughs> Sorry about that. Oh, moving swiftly on to a summary of what we've talked about, which is we started off with small space living and top tip for the day in a guest bedroom, if you don't have much space, get some fantastically coloured hangers and put them on hooks and don't worry about cupboards and drawers. Then we moved on to the Christmas and my top fact of the day, tinsel used to be made from strips of beaten silver and it was invented in Germany in 1610. And finally, nature-inspired interiors. In short, if it worked for William Morris over 150 years ago, it can work for you too now. That's all for today. Just time to remind you to check out our blogs where there will be lots more in detail with helpful links and pictures too. And please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe if you can. We are so enormously grateful. So a huge thanks to our sponsors, John Lewis and Partners, to our producer, Kate Taylor, and the hugest thanks of all to you, our listeners. And we'll see you in the great indoors. Do you need the script to know what your name is? <laughs> With the script, it's a very small space and there's no script. Pencil, pencil from the mouth. Okay. Podcaster professionale. <laughs>